But when Adonijah sensed that his father's passing was near, he presumed upon the throne, and no one, and when no one restrained him or rebuked him, including his own father, because he probably didn't know uh, David, uh, he believed that he would be the heir. But he was wrong. David should have made that clear years ago, but for some reason, again, he didn't. Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher Rob Kellogg. In 2 Samuel 3, verse 2 through 5, it describes the sons of David and lists Adonijah as the fourth son. We know that two of the three sons, older than Adonijah, were dead, Amnon and Absalom. And we suspect that the other older son, Chiliab, either was also dead or was unfit to rule because he was never mentioned after 2 Samuel 3, verse 3. As the oldest living son of David, by many customs, Adonijah would be considered the heir to the throne. But the throne of Israel was not left only to the rules of hereditary succession. God determined the next king. Now here's Pastor Rob's teaching, already in progress. And his kingdom would have been in a complete shambles, and there would have been a great power fight between his remaining sons. You know, why did he wait that long? You know, David was a wonderful man, but there's some things about David, and and, and not to be too critical of him, but, you know, it, it is true that he... He was kind of, uh, he didn't hold his sons accountable. He wasn't very, especially after the issue with Bathsheba and Uriah, there just seems to be like he kind of, at times, just kind of checked out. And, and maybe in his old age now, he's, his mind is starting to lose it a little bit. I don't really know. But he didn't, he didn't communicate these things. And it's so important to communicate You know, today we've got all these tools to communicate. I mean, David didn't have an iPhone. You know, he couldn't be sitting on his bed, you know, and Abishag is rubbing his feet and getting his circulation going, you know, and he's texting his son, Hey, um, Adonijah, I know that I haven't spoken to you in a while, but I wanted to let you know that I I really, Solomon is really going to be my successor. I know you're fourth in line and, you know, um, and and it, it would seem right that you're the next king, but it's really Solomon. The Lord spoke to me, and I haven't told you that, but I'm telling you now, send, smiley face. Right? But he didn't. <laughs> and it created a problem, and we're going to see that. We're going to see that in this chapter. So notice, verse 6, And his father had not rebuked him at any time, saying, Why have you done so? And he was also a very good-looking man, this Adonijah. Good-looking man. And his mother had borne him after Absalom. Um, Absalom had a different mother than him, so um, it, it looks like they had the same mother, but that's not really what it means there. It just means that Adonijah's mother had borne him after Absalom was born from a different mom. But notice that David, he didn't rebuke him at all. And, and maybe he didn't know. You know, this lack of fatherly intervention and accountability 
in his family was one of David's regrettable downfalls. You know, and David at this point, he knew, he knew what God had told him back during the time when the Lord spoke to him about God building David a house and that his son would build God a house. Remember that? We'll look at that tonight. God, you know, David had in his heart to build a house for God and, and God spoke to him and says, you know what, David, you're a man who's, you got blood on your hands. You can't build me a temple, but your son is going to build me a temple. And what Second Samuel 7 doesn't tell us that Chronicles does, and we'll look at this later, is that God had, sp- God had spoken more to David about even the son's name. Your son, Solomon, is going to be the one. Not any son. Any, and, and, and we'll get there. I'm getting ahead of myself. So it's going to be really interesting. But David had, apparently had only told a few people about this, and perhaps only he and Bathsheba knew about it as far as we know. But when Adonijah sensed that his father's passing was near, he presumed upon the throne, and no one, and when no one restrained him or rebuked him, including his own father, because he probably didn't know uh, David, uh, he believed that he would be the heir. But he was wrong. David should have made that clear years ago, but for some reason, again, he didn't. And not only was Adonijah young, but he was also like Absalom, a good-looking guy. And unfortunately, these are things that most people can't resist. And even though he walked in rebellion, just like Absalom, he was a good-looking guy. And people flock around good-looking people. It doesn't matter whether you can speak at all. You might not even have a brain. But if you got like, if you're really good-looking and you can dress yourself and you can stand in front of and you got this, you know, photogenic kind of awesome, you know, wow, you know, they're just so beautiful and the hair and you know everything. And people just lose it. They just forget about, you know, is this person qualified to, like, tie their shoes? <laughs> Can they add? You know, what's, what's five times five? Do you know the answer? But Adonijah was just a handsome guy. Handsome guy. That doesn't mean that every beautiful person isn't smart. Because my wife's very smart. She's awfully cute. I, I keep... Um, so she's over there... Um, Shriveling up into a ball. Sorry, honey. Anyway, verse 7. It says, Then he conferred with Joab, this Adonijah. Now Joab was David's general and also David's nephew. And he was very loyal to David up to a certain point. He wasn't a very obedient man, Joab. He wasn't very obedient. He certainly was a bloodthirsty man. So now Adonijah, after the thing with Absalom, Adonijah wins the heart of Joab now. And no doubt, Joab and David, their, their relationship, especially as David's getting older, is getting very tenuous. Because you remember one of, the, the, one of the things that we did last read, even though we don't know chronologically where it occurred, but David wanted to go number the people. And, and Joab's like, why do you want to do that? There's only certain reasons we do that, but clearly this is not one of them. What's your motivation, David? And it's kind of funny that Joab would have an objection because he was such a, a lawless man at times. Um, but anyway, that created a real friction between he and David. So now uh, Adonijah solicits Joab and with him Abiathar the priest. And notice, and they followed and they helped Adonijah. So Joab begins now to show his true colors, finally fed up with David, finally sees this young, good-looking upstart now of David's, and thinking to himself, you know what, I'm going to join this man, and I'm going to continue my, my own life and what I want to do. 
Um, but Joab, if you remember, he was not confederate with Absalom, but he was with Adonijah. And again, we're not sure of what Joab knew at this point concerning David's plans about who would succeed David on his throne. But Joab's loyalty now is completely slipping. Joab knew that he was growing out of favor with David. So David didn't sanction Joab's murders in his life, the things that he did that were just completely wrong. And certainly, they, they're, they're, like I said, their relationship was very tenuous. And isn't it true? Uh, Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 10. He says, do not think that I have come to bring peace on the earth. You know, he is the Prince of Peace. And we often think, well, he's come to bring peace on the earth. Well, he says, do not think that I came to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies will be those of his own household. What does that mean? It means that when you come to Christ, when one, one party is walking with God and another isn't, there's going to be natural enmity between the two of them. And it happens in families all the time. Where one gets saved and they don't understand what has happened to you. All of a sudden you're going to church. All of a sudden you want to read the Bible. And now you're, you, you, you stop smoking dope and you stop drinking and you stop shooting heroin. And you actually sold your Camaro. Now you got like a, 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 ga, you know, a, a gas-efficient car. What's wrong with you, man? Right? And the families and just... This kind of headbutting starts to happen. And, and God help you if your family belongs to a religion where Christianity is an enemy, like in Islam. Talk about enemies. Young women coming to Christ and their, their fathers beating them up and throwing them out of the house. Happens all the time in the Middle East. But your enemies, and here David and Joab are becoming an enemy, and now they are enemies. But notice verse 8 back in our text. But Zadok the priest, Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, Nathan the prophet, Shimei, Rei, and the mighty men who belonged to David were not with Adonijah. So now the line again is being drawn in the sand. Didn't we see this with Absalom? And now we're seeing it again with Adonijah. And I bet David is just sitting there on his bed while this young lady is rubbing his feet and he's thinking, you know what, I just can't wait to go home. I just can't wait to be done with all this. When is this going to stop? When is it going to stop? And those men who were really with David, they remain loyal to him. And notice Shimei. And now it's possible that this is a different Shimei, but it may be the Shimei. If you remember back in 2 Samuel 16, when David was leaving Jerusalem and Absalom was overthrowing him, so David was in exile, and as he's leaving, leaving Jerusalem and going out to the... Um, to the Mount of Olives and beyond, to Baharim, he comes across this man, Shimei, who starts throwing rocks and sand at him and, and cursing him, right? And this man, it could be that this man is the one that is with David now because David promised not to kill him when David finally came back into Jerusalem after Absalom had died. He came back to Jerusalem and Shimei basically became humble pie before him and David made a vow that he wouldn't kill him. What a gracious man. And maybe that gratitude won a friend. We're going to find out that uh, some interesting things about Shimei later. But, but notice that David um, 
You know, he, he has his loyal people with him. And notice in verse 9, And Adonijah, now he's sacrificing sheep and oxen and fattened cattle by the stone of Zoheleth, which is by Enrogel. And this place, Enrogel, is, if you were to look at a map of, of, of the temple, like here would be the Temple Mount, and then right to the south of it would be Zion, or the city of David. Well, just a little bit further south of that, in the Hinnom Valley, between the Kidron Valley, uh, actually right here, and then the Hinnom Valley going underneath, right on the outskirts of that is a spring. It's called Enrogel. And so this is where... Um, uh, Adonijah and his friends and those who are loyal to him are having a big party. Now it says that he sacrificed sheep and oxen and fattened cattle, but it wasn't a sacrifice to God. It was to party hardy. Because now he is, they're having a big meal is basically what's happening. He's spoiling these guys and he wants them to stay with him. And so, um, verse 10, but he did not invite, notice, Nathan the prophet. He didn't invite Benaiah, the mighty men, or Solomon, his brother. And he certainly didn't invite David because David was kind of bedridden. So all of a sudden you can see again the lines drawn in the sand. And so Adonijah is hoarding this group of guys and feeding them well and getting ready to you know, uh, march through the streets like he's the king. But David wasn't paying attention. David... Uh, wasn't aware of this. And had he done things in a timely fashion, maybe things would be different, but he didn't. And now Adonijah is taking matters into his own hands. And so Nathan, verse 11, spoke to Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon, saying, Have you not heard that Adonijah, the son of Haggith, has become king, and David our Lord does not know it? So remember, David was a, uh, I'm sorry, Nathan was a faithful man. The, the Lord had spoken through Nathan to David on at least two occasions. And the first one was the Davidic covenant, where God says, you know, after your seed, after you have gone to sleep with your fathers, in other words, af- after you die, your seed after you, your son is going to bear, uh, you know, he's going to make me a house. And his through his seed... In other words, David, through him and all the kings below him, he is going to, you're going to have an everlasting kingdom. And ultimately, it, it spoke to even Jesus Christ being the seed, you know, after uh, David that will be born. Because we know that uh, Jesus came from the line of Judah, from the line of David, actually. And then we also know that Nathan was the one who spoke David and busted him when, after he had slept with Bathsheba and killed her husband to cover up his affair and her pregnancy. That Nathan, God sends him to basically bust David in 2 Samuel chapter 12, saying, you're the man. You're the man, David. You're the one who did this. And so, David and Nathan have a wonderful relationship, even though David, I'm certain when he sees Nathan coming, he's a little bit like, is this good news? (laughs) I hope this is good news. So verse 12, he says, Come, and this is Nathan speaking to Bathsheba, Come, please let me now give you advice that you may save your own life and the life of your own son. See, if Adonijah became king, then Bathsheba and Solomon's lives would have been in jeopardy because any king in the Middle East, typically what they did is when they came into power, they vanquished their enemies or anybody, any rival to the throne. That was just the way things were done. But notice what it says in in verse 13 now. He says, 
He says to Nathan, says to Bathsheba, Now go immediately to the king David and say to him, Did you not, my lord, O king, swear to your maidservant, saying, Assuredly, your son Solomon shall reign after me, and he shall sit on my throne? Why then has Adonijah become king? Now, as you read that, as I did, did you scratch your head and think, When did that happen? We didn't read it in 2 Samuel, did we? In fact, let me read to you the Davidic covenant that God gave to Nathan to give to David. And let me know if you hear this phrase where Bathsheba is saying, Don't you remember when you said that, that Solomon would be the heir to the throne and that he would, you know, it's nowhere, it's not written prior to this. So it may be a little bit of a surprise to you. But it does appear some other places in Chronicles. So let me read to you what that Davidic covenant was in 2 Samuel 7, beginning in verse 12. Because God spoke to David through Nathan. He says, When your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers when you die, I will set up your seed after you who will come from your body. And I will establish his kingdom. Now, I want you to think about something as God is saying this to him. Because the chronology of this thing really helps to understand what's going on here. Because David had already had those six sons, remember? We read about that in 2 Samuel chapter 3, right? That he had when he was in Hebron. He had six sons, Adonijah, Absalom, and all you know, the other four. But now, in chapter 7, God is saying to him, When your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seat after you, who will come from your own body. Who will come, not who has already come from your body. Do you see it? Does that make sense? In other words, the son that you're going to get is not one that's already alive. He's going to come, he will come from your own body. He hasn't yet, but he will. And he shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Obviously speaking of the kingdom of even Jesus Christ. And I will be his father, and he will be my son. And now in the, in, the, in the very current, he's certainly speaking of Solomon. In the future, prophetically, he's also speaking of Jesus. But notice, if he commits iniquity, speaking of Solomon, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the blows of the sons of men. But my mercy shall not depart from him as I took it from Saul when I removed from him from before you. And your house and your kingdom, notice, shall be established forever before you. Your throne shall be established forever. This is an everlasting covenant. If you don't know 2 Samuel 7, make an asterisk by it. Remember that chapter because that is God's promise to David that not only would Solomon... He doesn't mention him by name, by the way. At least in this text, in Samuel, it doesn't mention it. But now, um, when we go to Chronicles, you might want to put in the footnote of your Bible, 1 Chronicles 22, verses 6 through 10. 1 Chronicles 22, 6-10, because it's speaking of this time right before David would pass away and his son. So it says that, in verse 6 it says, David called for his son Solomon, and, and listen to what he said to him. This is very important. 
And he charged him to build a house for the Lord God of Israel. And David said to Solomon, here's David's words. He said, my son, as for me, it was in my mind to build a house to the name of the Lord my God. But the word of the Lord came to me saying, you have shed much blood and have made uh, great wars. You shall not build me a house for my name because you have shed much blood on the earth in my sight. Behold, a son will be born to you who shall be a man of rest, and I will give him rest from all his enemies all around. His name shall be Solomon. This is the first time we've heard this. Now, what that means is, is that when God spoke to David back in Second Samuel 7, it only recorded a portion of what was a portion of the, the, the total picture. Does that make sense? This detail was left out. And you don't hear about it until you get to hear. And then turn, also make a note, First uh, Chronicles chapter 28, verse 1 through 7. Let me read that to you. Because now David, after he has told this privately to his son, Solomon, he told him privately there in, in chapter 20, uh, 22, now um, he, he, he's going to be anointed king a second time. And we'll, we'll, we'll read about the first time here shortly. But now, David, it's a big, big deal. Now the whole country's together, all the leaders are together. And now David says in First Chronicles 28, verse 1, he says, Now David assembled at Jerusalem all the elders of Israel, the officers of the tribes, the captains, the divisions who served the king, and captains over thousands, captains over hundreds, etc., etc. And then David, verse 2, rose to his feet and he said, Hear me, my brethren and my people. I had it in my heart, and he's rehearsing exactly what he told to Solomon, but now he tells it to the whole country. He goes, I had it in my heart to build a house of rest for the ark of the covenant of the Lord and for the footstool of our God, and had made preparations to build it. But God said to me, you shall not build a house for me, because you have been a man of war and have shed blood. However, the Lord God of Israel chose me above all the house of my father to be king over Israel forever, for he has chosen Judah to be the ruler, and of the house of Judah, the house of my father, and among the sons of my father, he was pleased with me to make me king over Israel, and all my sons, for the Lord has given me many sons. He has chosen my son Solomon to sit on the throne of the kingdom of the Lord of Israel. And now he said to me, It is your son Solomon who shall build me a house in my courts, for I have chosen him to be my son, and I will be his father. Moreover, I will establish his kingdom forever, if he steadfast to observe my commandments and my judgments as it is this day. And it makes you wonder, why is it now that David is telling everybody? He could have told them a, long, you know, a while back, like after Absalom had died, and, and maybe after um, you know, he knew and God spoke to him, wouldn't that be a good time? But maybe David, I don't, I don't want to get into his head. I don't know why he didn't do it. But it created problems because now nobody knows until at the very end of this whole thing, as we're reading now, in the beginning they didn't know that. So Adonijah naturally assumes, well, I'm the heir apparent. And so he makes himself a king and tries to succeed his father. So back in our text, verse 14, it says, Then while you are still talking there with the king, and, and again, uh, Nathan now is, remember, he's talking to Bathsheba because he's trying to encourage, he's trying to encourage Bathsheba to go speak to the king and remind him of these words.
I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of 1 Kings. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as our location, service times, information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, and information regarding Bread of Life Academy, our new school opening in the fall of 2023. Just click the school link at the top of the page for more information. Additionally, you may also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's Sanctuary Messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play Podcast or Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.